Hey sister, do you want to be able to operate in the fullness of your calling without having to fear of doing the wrong thing or having to worry about what others will think? Are you tired of doing the back and forth thing of going all in and then later to realize you don't feel ready or it wasn't the right choice? Do you wish there was a way to feel confident in your calling and take actions that show God that you trust him? My name is Yolanda King, a wife, mom, social worker, and women's transformation coach. After a lifetime of struggling with deep hidden insecurities and feeling like I could never quite reach my potential, I discovered that the key to kingdom success is having a rooted kingdom identity, a fortified mindset, and the courage to take relentless action in spite of struggles. It is my mission to help you pick up the mantle of your calling full of confidence in knowing who you are and what you are destined to do. Here on the podcast, we will have discussions that will empower you, strengthen your leadership skills, help you connect and serve the people God called you to lead, and give you the tools to build a kingdom lifestyle that you love and honors God. So are you ready to receive clarity, coaching, and divine downloads so you can be the woman God called you to be? Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the She's Called and Confident podcast. I'm your host, Yolanda King. If this is your first time listening, I just want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, I'm so excited you are here. Welcome, welcome. On today's podcast episode, I have a special guest that I've been wanting for a while to have on the show, but only God knows why this is the timing for her to speak on a amazing topic, a topic that I'm passionate to talk about, a topic that's really hits home in my life. So the speaker for today is Floydis Paquette, is a mother, ordained minister, certified transformational purpose coach, published author, entrepreneur, and founder of Your Book, Your Legacy, helping the sons and daughters of God write and release their message to the world. She is called with a unique voice and powerful mandate to encourage, strengthen, and build up God's people. Can I get an amen for that? So without further ado, welcome, Floydis, to the She's Called and Confident podcast. Thank you so much, Yolanda. I am so happy to be here. I love the work that you're doing. And just the the title of it, She's Called and Confident. I love it. I love it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So today we are going to talk about, well, we're first of all, we're going to leave it open for the Holy Spirit to lead it wherever it wants. But when I first, when my eyebrows first raised when it comes to you is when I read the title of your book, Overcoming Jealousy in the church in the ministry. And I was like, Ooh, okay, because this is not a topic that very many people talk about. Like, first of all, tell us a little bit about you, but how did it come about you writing this book? It was the journey to writing this book was a surprise. It was not on my radar at all. When God began to reveal my calling, you know how when he reveals your calling, there is such an excitement and there is this deep desire and hunger that gets stirred up in you to, to learn more about it. And you go running and you go diving in. And so that's what I did. I went diving in to learn all I could about this calling that the Lord had given me, right? Because the purpose is to walk in it right? To embody it, to get fully immersed in it. And so that's what I did. And so I'm going to admit that one of my first mistakes after getting the call and getting excited and ready to take off, you know how it's like, you get excited and you just go. But my first mistake was not really sitting with the Lord to get an understanding of what his plan was for the call of my life, 
right? To understand my role, my part, my place in the grand scheme of this calling of his plans for, for the world and for the body of Christ at large, right? And so instead what I did was I rushed out to get help from people. I rushed out to get the validation and a confirmation of this call that's on my life because it was something that never entered my mind, right? He called me as a prophetic voice. And I'm like, what, me? Like, okay, so let me go out there, right? And so I'm going to different conferences. You know, I'm joining different programs to learn about the prophetic because we all know the prophetic is very interesting. And the prophetic is such a blessing to the body of Christ, right? And so it carries with it such an anointing, right? Even a, a breaker's anointing. And I was just excited. And so I rushed into all of these places and I found myself in prophetic circles where I started to see the anointings and the giftings working that I wasn't walking in and operating in myself. And so cue jealousy, right? Because it's like, wow, wow. I mean, all around all these people who are anointed and gifted and I wasn't walking in that myself yet. And so I, those feelings of insecurity were stirred up, right? Insignificance, you know, not knowing my value in the midst of all these people who are gifted and anointed. And that's where jealousy really starts to rear its ugly head. And so with that one, that's like, God, what is this? Because it's strong. Jealousy is strong. And I don't know how we've turned a blind eye here for so long. My heart was so grieved. And so I ran to the Lord like, God, what is this? Like, why am I feeling this way? Because I was ready to go partner with my brothers and sisters in Christ and learn and grow from them. But instead, my heart was jealous. And so when I went to the Lord with it, he gave me the assignment to write about it. That was his purpose all along. He wanted someone who would take the call, who, who would take the assignment. So for so long, we've been turning a blind eye to it and acting like it doesn't exist and saying things like, I don't have to be jealous of anybody and lying and knowing it's in our hearts. He was waiting for someone who would get honest and come to him and say, God, what is this? I don't want this. What do you want to do with it? And he gave me the assignment to write the book. And that's where it started. That is so like, I love how like you normalize it. and we that's what I think one of the first steps is that we need to normalize how common this is. Personally, for me, um, I've shared many things on the podcast, on lives and everything, but really the root of, of my coaching business when I started doing ministry online, when I started coaching online, was from a wounded little place of, of church hurt. But at the same time, this church hurt could happen because of the spirit of jealousy, right? And I, I don't like the term like haters. It just doesn't fall off my tongue, right? I've been hurt over that spirit, but at the same time, I've had that spirit. And I want to like pinpoint it both ways because it's really, really common. Um, and it's like almost a taboo, shameful to feel it. But when you can acknowledge it, I feel like that's really where you could start getting delivered from, from that spirit. And so I want to talk about a little bit of the common feeling, this common spirit of jealousy in the church um, and why so many people don't really talk about it. Can you expand on that a little? Yeah. And so we know that jealousy in the church is age old, right? And so, and this is for Lise Paquette. I believe it's in every house. And why? Mainly because we haven't dealt with it collectively as the church. We're still turning a blind eye to it, right? And we're not dealing with it um, with the urgency that it needs. The Bible says jealousy is like cancer in the bones. And so if jealousy is like cancer, but the body of Christ is still treating it like a common cold, just letting it run its course, right? But 
with cancer, what do we do? We treat it aggressively, right? And so until we get sober and vigilant, jealousy is going to continue to run its course because we're treating it as a mere common cold and not with the urgency of a cancer. And the Bible says jealousy is like cancer in the bones. And so like in the church, like I will give you an example. I, I heard a pastor um, address the issue of jealousy in the church, but when they held the book in their hands, the comment was, I wouldn't have picked up this book. I wouldn't have read it unless it was given to me. My heart sank and I had to go talk to God about this. I'm like, God, it's in their church and they're dealing with dealing with it from the pulpit and they have a book in their hands, overcoming jealousy in the church and in ministry. And they said they would not have read it if it wasn't given and put into their hands. It takes somebody putting it in your hands. As soon as you know a book like this has been written, right? Because one thing we know is that God uses his sons and daughters. If you're waiting for, for a message to come only from, you know, a certain big name person, God says, told me, we must know what I am doing and who I am using. Can you, do we have enough discernment to recognize a work and a word from the Lord? I'm not trying to promote for these for care. This was an assignment. Overcoming jealousy in the church and the ministry is not something that was on my heart. And I just really wish the body of Christ would wake up. God has given a tool for us. And the comment was, I would not have read it. And so we're used to dealing with it from a petty perspective. Like you said, tell your haters. And the church goes wild. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That grieves my heart too. But God talks about it. And I'm ready for the body of Christ to deal with this issue of jealousy from the heart of the father, because that is his plan. And we're still not doing that. And that's why it's still common in the church. 100%. I couldn't agree more. And that's why... I, that's the reason why I want to internalize it, right? Me, even the way my languaging and the way I speak about this um, and to the person listening to this, like I, I want us, all of us to do an introspective um, check in our hearts. And that's why it's important for me to be honest, transparent with the audience and say, no, this is something that I've dealt with. And guess what? And I still deal with it at times. I love what you said, which was powerful. And I want to come and highlight that this is an every home. I was like, Ooh, blown away. And guess what that happened? I started thinking of my relationship with my husband, um, with, with my children and just like, what are ways, you know what I mean? In your marriage, is there like, is there, is the season of, of one spouse? Is it being like, okay, this is go time. And the other spouse is really like a supportive in that season. Like what's going on there. And I've had seen that because with me and my husband, we had switched season where I was on go, go, go. Now I'm much more in a supportive way. But yeah, I know what my gifting is. I know what my calling is. But right now I'm not in that season. And am I okay with that? Am I okay and mature enough spiritually to handle uh, my spouse being elevated to new levels? That is a powerful question. Like, of course, I could answer like, yes, but it had me tripping on some things where it's like, I, I missed this or I missed that. But that's when you're looking at ministry and being used uh, more on the skills and what you're doing than being in the father's uh, presence. And I love that. So I don't know if you want to comment on anything that I said. <laughs> I do, because like you said, um, and this is where it gets us, because like you said, as far as showing up and supporting your husband and his time of elevation. What we do is we were like, we'll deny the jealousy that's there because it's like, I'm not supposed to feel that way. I'm not supposed to have that in my heart. But the question is, do you? It's not about whether or not you're supposed to. Do you? 
Because when you get honest with yourself and recognize I do, you get to bring it before the Lord. And so that he can help you to deal with it and with wisdom and with his heart. And so that you can show up being the most supportive wife, the most supportive friend, the most supportive sister, brother in the body of Christ, right? You can show up in a way that God will want you to show up supporting his child because that's his child. And so it's just about being honest, not about whether or not you're supposed to, but God, I do. And would you help me? Amen. So we spoke about being honest, but is there other ways where we could start detecting that that roots are being planted or little seeds are just being left when it comes to jealousy the one of the greatest signs right when it comes to roots and seeds the the common factor is what the heart and so the only sign you need is your heart the heart doesn't lie to you. You know, when jealousy rises up, you feel every bit of it. It's not like real subtle. You feel it. But we're again, we're so used to turning a blind eye to it and act like it's not there. Why? Because nobody else sees it but God, right? And God says, man looks at the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. And what did David say? David said, search me, God, and know my what? My heart. And see if there is any wicked way in me, any way that offends you. Not offends people, but offends God. And so the, the sign and the seeds that come out of it is that literally when you feel jealousy, you feel a difference in your heart. Your heart, like it'll skip a beat. It'll start to beat faster. Just like when you have like anger and anger is like you could get real hot. Your hands become sweaty. There are just signs with jealousy too. Your heart begins like, Ooh, and you start having thoughts, right? You start to feel insignificant. You start to feel that insecurity, right? You start to feel that inferiority. You start to feel like, well, what about me? The heart is a telltale sign and it tells it all. Amen. Amen. I couldn't agree more. And like, I don't know the the reality is that th that healing process is really different from everybody. I don't know about you, how long it took you to like, once you realize there's something going on with me, that transformation and restoration process because let me tell you like you could detect it but some people don't don't want like they want to hang on to it like pride is blocking them from receiving that complete transformation or or victim mindset like i have a right to feel this way i've earned my right i've been doing this for so long like just pride and these types of mindset really block you from receiving that full on transformation. And so let's, let's talk a little bit about how to overcome it and the timeframes, because I feel like that's, that's relevant. It totally is relevant. And see, when it comes to timeframes, we think we want it to be over and done like that. Oh, I prayed before the Lord. Okay, good, done. And then when it rears his ugly head again, it's like, oh, like it, it didn't go when I said go in the name of Jesus, right? When we go and we like, I bind, you know, jealousy in the name of Jesus. And it's like, when we go out there and we connect with our brothers and sisters in Christ and we realize, oh my goodness, it's still there. Like I still feel some kind of way. And so I would say when it comes to overcoming, it's a journey like overcoming anything else, right? Overcoming fear. We know that journey could be like, oh my goodness, years, right? Because of how long we've walked with it. And we have to admit, we walked with it and walked in agreement with it for so long. We didn't just walk in it. We walked in agreement with it, right? And so when that spirit of jealousy said, don't support your brother and sister, don't pray for them, go and talk about them, go and slander them, right? We walked in agreement with it and with all the behaviors, with all the thoughts, with all the emotions. And so the first step I would say to overcome a jealousy, and again, is to get honest, right? Be patient with your process. 
right? Because it's not in competition or comparison with anybody else. That is your process between you and the Lord, right? And it may take some time because why? Oftentimes you're not just dealing with the spirit of jealousy. You're dealing with the spirits that work together with it. And I talk about this in my book, The Allies of Jealousy. There are allies that work together, like you said, with that pride, with that offense, with that bitterness, with that hurt, right? With that abandonment, right? It works together with the other things that are in your heart, the other things that are rooted in your heart. And so it's going to take time because you're not just dealing with a singular issue. You're dealing with the issue that is interconnected with other issues and other spirits, right? And I talk about in the book how the a spirit would um, hold the door open for seven other spirits stronger than itself. They know how to work together, right? And so since they're holding open, holding open the door for seven other spirits stronger than itself, what are those other spirits that they are letting in that are stronger to keep the stronghold in your life? And so look at what other areas that are in your life that are keeping you open. Are you struggling with insecurity? Because if you're an insecure person being around other people who are gifted, Guess what? That's an open door that's going to stay there. Because I said in my book, a person who has a grasshopper mentality, they don't want to occupy the same space that they perceive as, you know, a person as a giant. They are always intimidated. They always feel small. They always feel um, insignificant in the presence of somebody they perceive to be a giant. So you got to look at the other issues, right? And so you have to know what to deal with and how to deal with them. You have to be led by the spirit because it's um, also a part of not just deliverance, but inner healing, Right. And so you have to pray. And also I say, as far as overcoming, once you get to that point of like praying, dealing with the other inner issues, right? Move to the place of reconciliation and restoration where you practice healthy relationships, where you practice supporting your brothers and sisters, where you practice praying for them, encouraging them. And then I like to say, spread the word so that others can get healed too. Don't just stop at your healing. And that's why I wrote the book and the workbook so that we can come together in small groups and deal with it as a family and not just as an isolated event like you're jealous and woof, you need help. No, we all need help and let's support each other and come together and go through it together so that we can all get healed. Amen. So I, I want to pinpoint on what you said, the allies of jealousy, because there's, I don't want to call it levels of jealousy, but there are ways where you can, you will not detect you have jealousy because they may be coming in minor forms. You mentioned insecurity, right? Somebody who's insecure might not think that they're dealing with issues of jealousy, but because they're like, oh no, I just don't feel this. I don't feel qualified. I don't feel worthy. I don't feel this, but it's like an ally to that bigger issue if it doesn't get resolved. And I really like how you had said that. And I remember a time when I first started getting into online coaching and then all of a sudden I started like just looking at other online businesses. There it goes again. I started feeling those feelings and I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I had heard, I heard somebody say about commenting, complimenting the people that you feel um jealous would you say it that way about and so I was like okay well let me just try to do that let me because I didn't want to feel that way I was detecting it but I didn't want to feel that way and that's what I started doing I just started supporting the people that I felt a little sense of uh rivalry a little sense of like I want what she wants um or what she has and I think that helped a little that was like my baby steps of overcoming this and everything now to the point where complimenting and giving and supporting it's it's second natural it comes but I remember in that beginning journey those compliments what went a long way for me so I want to 
turn the tables a little bit and I want to talk about how does jealousy hinder your walk and the calling God has for you. Um, and, and, and we talked about this a little bit above. It's like the most important thing that God looks at is your heart, right? He he's not he knows the gifts that he gave us, right? They're his. He knows the anointings and he's not moved by that. He looks at our hearts. That's why we know that he loved um um David so much, right? Or um what's his name? Who who had who was the most humble man? What's his name again? Moses. He loved Moses because of his heart. He was so humble. So even when his brother and sister, even his natural brother and sister came and started talking about him and the decisions he was making, and mm, 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 God was like, no, 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 no. Don't put your mouth on him because he is humble. I speak to him face to face. His heart is good, you know? And so when it comes to like, when it comes to walking and the calling that God has for you, he's looking at your heart. And when your heart is good, he will take you so far and he will even come and take up for you when other people put their mouths on you because he knows your heart. And he was like, no, 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 no. That's my son. You cannot touch him with your mouth. I know his heart and his heart is good. And so what's in your heart, right? And again, it goes back to being honest, right? And it's not for you to feel like condemn yourself and to feel guilty and bad and full of shame. That's not what God wants. He just wants you to come to him, right? And so we know that even though your heart might be full of jealousy, right? Like, like, like I said, David says, search my heart and see if there was anything in me, God, that offends you. And that's the starting place as far as walking in, call, in, in our calling, because walking in our calling has everything to do with God, right? And so God, is there anything in my heart that offends you? Ooh, are we really ready for that answer, right? But you know, the one thing about God, he would tell us lovingly. When God told me I had an issue with pride, I was shocked, but I just wanted to crawl up in his lap because I felt so loved. I didn't feel condemned. That was the best thing he could have ever said to me is that for these, it is not only, because I was praying for a person with pride. Can you believe it, right? And so as I was praying for the person with pride, I kept feeling this aggravation. And I'm like, God, why does this keep coming up for me? I'm over it. I pray for him, you know, help him, Lord. But God was like, I keep bringing it up because I want you to see. It's not only him with the issue of pride, but it's you too. And I'm like, <laughs> so I was shocked that I felt so wonderful. And so go before the Lord, right? Because he is patient, he is loving, he is kind. And his purpose is to heal you and get you to the place where he can elevate you and promote you and bring you into a high place of your purpose. So that way you don't have to worry about falling because of what's in your heart. Because it's usually never the outward circumstances. Usually it's what's in our hearts that cause us to fall, right? And so um, when it comes to walking in your calling, I, I wanted to say this too. Can you believe that jealousy is actually self-sabotaging? You're trying to walk in your calling and get in your purpose, but jealousy is self-sabotaging. Why? Because it destroys the very thing we need, relationships. Jealousy, like I said, you're trying to connect and collaborate with your brother, sister in Christ, but you're jealous. You don't even want to show up and support. You don't want to connect to them. Jealousy tears down. It doesn't build up. Like I said, jealousy, like I said, you don't even want to pray for the person, right? But that's what God calls us to do the most. He says, one thing he says to do is pray for each other, pray for each other. And when the Jews and the, the people of God back then were jealous of Peter, and, they, and the Bible says they got jealous and put him in a prison. What did the people of God do? They came together and they prayed until he was delivered. And we need to do the same thing if we're going to walk in our calling, because guess what? We have a very real enemy. And if my brothers and sisters are not praying for me, but they're jealous, oh my goodness, no, 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 please pray for me. And you can't do that when you're having jealousy. So if you're thinking you're going to go all far in your calling, but brothers and sisters are jealous of you, and we want them to go far in theirs, but you're jealous and nobody's praying, 
because the spirit of jealousy is prevalent. And like I said, common in the church, we have an issue. How far are we going? We're looking for revival and we're looking for all these great things to happen, but we're not really looking to, willing to come together and pray for each other. Can you really pray and say, oh, I hope Yolanda kills it. I hope her message goes far and wide. I hope it goes to the four corners of the earth, right? And then that's one thing to pray that and to feel that way. But what am I going to do to support you? Am I going to even share your message, right? I was like, oh, for this, I bought your book. Oh, thank you so much. And I hope you get blessed and I hope you get delivered. But can you please share the message? Because there are others who need to hear it too. That's helping my calling and me to grow and fulfill the purpose that God has given me. And guess what? It's going to likewise, because it's not just about me, it connects all of us. And so many people are going to get free and it's going to help them to walk and fulfill their calling as well. That's right. I couldn't agree more. And just it comes down to being like true to yourself. You cannot defeat what you cannot define. I believe that's a Craig Rochelle quote. But it's like, that's the basis of everything. In order for you to take ownership of what's going on spiritually, I also do think two things. In the instance with me, a lot of my issues from childhood was uh, worthiness, right? And so those were spiritual portals that were open very, very young. Um, throughout my adulthood, I've been on this healing journey. And it's always continuously. And just when you think that you healed from it, like something comes up. But I also want to expand on childhood trauma, childhood stuff, right? That could um, that could make room for this rooted issue of jealousy, but also spiritual portals that we leave open. Because there's stuff that we do, like we're in a sinful world, we're fallen nature, it's... <laughs> That's just the way we are. Like, is there something in your life, a spiritual portal, an agreement that you have come uh, on that is preventing you from that breakthrough? Because, hey, now you have this clarity. Now you know something's going on. But do you need to close something, a sin in your life, uh, a spiritual portal that is preventing you from moving into that next season that God from you, from moving into that promised land. I just, I needed to touch on that because for me, that's, that's just been huge this last year. And even like you said, as far as the childhood traumas, right? That's what, when I say in the book, I mentioned the different types of relationship where jealousy um, tends to thrive. And the first experience that we have with it is with our siblings, right? And um, our parents, like, you know, there are so many people who are saying, oh, my sister was my mother's favorite, right? My brother, you know, was my father's favorite, right? And they felt like the the the, the, the black sheep of the family. They felt like they, was the one that were, they were the ones that was unloved. And so usually it starts in a place of sibling, sibling rivalry, right? And so it's like you begin to start to compete even with your brothers and sisters then, right? And so, so it, 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 it like correlates with your natural brothers and sisters, but also your brothers and sisters in Christ. That spirit of competition and comparison started as, as, a, as a child with your siblings. You saw your sister getting praised for the good grades and you tried to compete and get good grades too, right? You saw your brother like um, getting praised for his athletics or something like that. And you want to be a good athlete too. And so you sometimes they, people started to struggle then with their identity because they never got a chance to cultivate their gifts and their talents because they were in a space where they were busy trying to compete to get attention from their parents. And so some people still carry that performance mentality to get attention and confirmation and validation because it started as a child and we still have so happy we have to deal with those child wounds those mother wounds those father wounds right that are still open doors like you said for um 
just for that spirit of jealousy to keep thriving. We don't know that the root of it started when I was a child and my mother praised, you know, my brother, sister, my father praised them, right? When I felt jealous and I had to compete and I felt like I was never good enough as a child, you know? So This is powerful stuff because I, now that you're mentioning that my first experience with jealousy was exactly that. You know what I mean? I was um, the only child for a short period of time. And then right around when I was five years old, my brother came, right? And then he's a baby. <laughs> like, he needs attention, right? Guess what was starting to feel like, start feeling? I started feeling jealous of him. Like, why is he getting no attention? I'm not getting attention. To a point where this is the most hilarious um, thing, but this is honesty. Like, a blanket, a baby blanket that he got. I was jealous over that baby blanket. <laughs> but that should tell you, like, the fallen nature that we all have. And to correlate that, that you have those same feelings, like your brother, biological brothers and sisters, as you do to your spiritual brothers and sisters. Oh my gosh, that's a whole lesson on its own. Uh, and it's so powerful to even like debunk that and be like, mm -mm. We, we see what you're doing here, devil. We're not falling for that. Mm -hmm. And it's so powerful. And so I want to wrap up with this. Um, you have these books that are, for me, it's really powerful. I picked it up right away. And I think I have the older edition, so I'm going to pick up the new edition. But I want to talk to you um, about you have a second book, right? I do. And the um the 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 overcoming jealousy, it was just revises pretty much the same thing with a few other changes. So it was just um a revision. But um I also have um a goals journal called I Am Worth the Change, a transformational goals journal because jealousy again it, it starts with you. It's not like you said, they struggle people who struggle with unworthiness, but to realize I am worth the change. I am worth the healing. I am worth my call. I am worth the, 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 the great feast that God is inviting me into, the assignments, the work that he prepared just for me. And so this goals journal, it deals with the things that get in the way of you prospering and walking in your calling, right? And so it allows you to um to to just set goals that are in line with the purpose and the vision that God has given you. And so and it takes you also to explore those things that are getting in your way that keeps, again, that, that self-sabotage and helps you to deal with the issues and what's going on in your life and to really create a plan so that you can succeed. And so, yeah, that's one of the other books that I have out there now, just to be an encouragement and a, and a tool for the body of Christ. Hey Amen. Are you currently coaching right now? Right now, I do have it open to help others to walk through the um the goals journal because sometimes when you go through it and things start to come up and it's so powerful to just be able to talk about it in a safe place because you really get so much healing just talking about it so yeah i do have a, a four-week coaching program where i walk you through the goals journal i am worth the change mm, i love it and i think okay this might open up a whole nother soapbox, but I do think it's relevant for, relevant for us to speak about because coaching is so relatively new and the church community as a whole, I, it's kind of like therapy, right? In some churches, in some sectors, it's a little bit of a taboo to have get counseling, to get therapy. And so incoming this whole new thing, coaching, right? This getting support, um, what do you have to say about that? Because I personally, it has transformed my life in man. 
in ways that I could not even begin to explain. And I could see the benefit uh, for the body of Christ. And you know, it's so interesting that you asked that question because I was fighting coaching. I'm like a coach. Even my mother, she was like, the call of God on your life when I speak to you, I'm so encouraged. And it's like, and I'm like, no, I'm good, you know? And it's like, no, no, no. But you know what revelation God gave me about coaches in the South work? You know, right now, the coaching industry is being flooded. And when God wants to do a move, one thing he always did was he sent deliverers. He sent a deliverer. And I believe because it's not, it wasn't so much room made in the church, but now it's this open space where God is calling deliverers to go out and reach his people. And the coaches, they don't, they may not see it, but as a prophetic voice, I see that the coaches are being sent out as deliverers to go back and grab people where they are and bring them out. Like you said, you receive so much, so much support, so much healing, and we're not receiving that sometimes in the church. And that's okay. It's not a bad thing, right? But now we're in the marketplace and those people who won't go to church, they need to be reached. And the coaches, right? Right. You know, how it's like God called me to coach. There are so many Christian coaches. They have a heart to deliver. They have a heart to, you, hear, you see so many coaches saying inner healing, right? And helping you to walk in purpose, helping you to walk out your calling. That is the heart of the father. He is sending coaches with the deliverers of the to go and snatch out his people, to bring them from where they are. Like David's who found Mephibosheth in a low place and told him who he really is and what really belongs to him. That's like the coaches of today that are sent by God, right? You don't need um, somebody to ordain you to do this. We are all ministers of God. He called us and he, he, he is the one who gives us the authority to go out. Nothing, the anointing that he has given his coaches in this hour is coming from him. And so if you're a Christian coach and you feel that call, my goodness, you you make sure you go to the heart of God. What do you want to do? Who do you want to snatch out? Who are you sending me to snatch out? Because this is a time where it is, like I said, David is going for the Mephibosheth to get his people out of the low places and to bring them into their inheritance to what belongs to them. He is all about inheritance. Do you know how much you have? Do you know how much I have given you, how much I preserved for you? And sometimes we just need a coach, somebody that's going to hold our hands and walk by our side to help us to really see who we are and what belongs to us. And to give us that strength. It's nothing like somebody holding your hand and telling you, girl, you are anointed. Go for it. And you're like, you just get so excited and you just get that momentum and that motivation to go. And that's the power of a coach. Okay. I couldn't agree more. And that's why I wanted to touch on that a little bit because this topic, we're talking about dealing with this in his church and then you know, obviously we know that the church is not just the four corners. Um, it's not just the temple. It is the physical uh, building temple, but it's like the our temple, our body. It's like all of us collectively. We know that. Uh, but I'm just saying generally in the building, like these are topics that we don't talk about, but also expanding on that. When I said, are you currently coaching? The reason why I say that it's because once you get the support that you need operating in your ministry at your local church goes to a whole nother level. A healthy, healed person that is after God's heart, after God's holiness and righteousness serving. My God. My God. <laughs> and so I'm definitely going to leave all your information, your books, uh, your links, if anybody wants to get a hold of you. But before we leave, I'm going to ask for a favor for you to pray for us in this community and anybody who listens to this, um, because this is a serious issue 
that I want all the shame to go down. And I want whoever's listening, if it's like, man, I really am dealing with this. And I, and I want to get help for this, for you to reach out. Father, Lord, I just thank you for this space. I thank you, God, for the space that you have created, God, for your word and your message to go forward. Father, I bless Yolanda and I bless her listeners, God. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that every person that you gather to hear this message, I ask that you would prepare their hearts to receive it, God. Father, let them hear your heart and your voice and your word in the name of Jesus Christ, God. I pray, God, that people, oh God, will come to you, oh God, in repentance, oh God, that they will come to you, oh God, because you are a safe place, God. I thank you, oh God, that they will come to you for healing and for deliverance, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. God, I thank you for what you are doing, oh God, in the midst of your sons and daughters. God, let your word, God, let the pure word of the Lord go far and wide in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you will begin to heal your sons and daughters from the, the shame and from the guilt and from the unworthiness, oh God, from the un, from the low self-esteem, from the lack of confidence, from the feelings of inferiority. God, I pray, God, that we will begin to stop comparing and competing with one another and start supporting and lifting each other up, oh God, not for our namesake, but for your namesake, oh God. Father, you have a plan for your people. You have a plan, oh God, and you need each and every one of your sons and daughters in their places. God, may they know who they are. May they know their call. Calling. May they know their part. May they know their place in the body of Christ. And may they walk in it confidently in the name of Jesus Christ, God. I pray in Jesus' name that in this hour, your, your people will begin to get healed and walk in a level of wholeness, oh God, that they never even knew was possible. And Father, I pray that for every listener, that you will fill them with so much peace, God, in the name of Jesus, that it will take away any shame that they're feeling in their hearts, oh God. Remove any shame that they may have felt from feeling jealous, oh God, and let them know, God, that you are ready to heal, deliver, and set free. And so, Father, I pray, oh God, that chains will be broken. I pray, God, that yokes will be removed from the necks and the shoulders of your people. And I ask that you will bring your sons and daughters into your rest, oh God. Bring your daughters into your rest. Bring our husbands into your rest. Bring our sons and your daughters into your rest, oh God. Bring us into your rest, God. Bring healing for our relationships. Every relationship that we have that you have blessed us with, oh God. We pray for healing. We pray for reconciliation. We pray for restoration, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, God. Do a mighty work in our hearts, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, that we will be men and women after your own heart, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. God, we pray, oh God, search us and know what's in our hearts. And if there is anything in us that offends you, oh God, according to your word, lead us in the way that is everlasting. Father, we bless you and we love you and we thank you, God, for what you are doing right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for joining us today. Amen. Thank you, Yolanda, for having me. 